Welcome back to the Idea Table Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jim Nassipak. As we approach the end of 2020, we can look back at this year and see that it has been impacted by many things. Racial tensions, equity discussions, the COVID pandemic, and the list goes on. People seem to have come to their end and are searching for hope and joy in their lives. They've been besieged by concern for work, lack of connection with friends and family, and a fear of what the future might hold. This has even permeated the workplace. Leaders and their teams have had to adjust, pivot, and go through change in order to adapt to new environments and even survive. In some organizations, the anxiety of working at home while managing new home duties, including making sure kids are participating in school online, dealing with technical issues while in a meeting, plus many others has caused leaders to operate in new ways. All is not lost or quite that drastic, but change does cause additional stress in our lives, our team's lives, and in organizational lives. In years past, people would complain about Christmas decorations and music beginning soon after Halloween and sometimes prior. However, this year has marked a stark change in that thinking. People have begun decorating their houses with lights and listening to Christmas music earlier because they need a little happiness in their lives. As a person of faith, this time of year in the calendar is Advent, in which we prepare to celebrate the birth of the Christ child, Jesus. There are four Sundays that make up Advent, and they focus on four themes, hope, peace, joy, and faith. As a leader, these are also important themes for us to focus on when working with our teams and leading us in the future. We begin the series leading with on the subject of hope. I invite you to pull up a chair and join Bob Faby, CEO of Faby Insights, and myself for this discussion at the idea table. Welcome back to the Idea Table. As always, this is your host, Jim Nassipak. Today, we're in the midst of Advent, as I was discussing earlier, and I thought, what a great time for us in current situation, current environment to talk about hope. And as leaders, sometimes we um, forget how important hope is in leading our teams and helping each other grow and um, helping ourselves grow. With that, I um, reached out to a friend of mine. We've known each other. 15 years, I think, that kind of dates us. Um, his name's Bob Faby. He's the founder and CEO of Faby Insights. So he equips and trains people and teams for greater success. He's been doing it for over 20 years. He works from CEOs to small overseas teams, and he works to build clarity and communication and insight into motivation, creating effective teamwork and focused purpose. He is a fantastic communicator. He's a sought-after coach trainer, author, speaker, and a people's champion. And we'll have all this links up on our page as usual. And I guess I think it's a great thing, but I consider him a friend. So welcome, Bob. Hey, thanks so much, Jim. Happy to be with you. Thank you. So just to let people know, Bob and I know each other um, through a parish that we were both of, part of, and um, Bob was the it's a long story. I, if you ever want to know, just email me. You talk, if you want to know how God works in people's lives, it was incredible how Bob um, became a part of the parish that we were um, moving into and to this day have stayed friends. So welcome, Bob. Thank you again for being a part of this and talking about hope. And I know um, 
in all your works, uh, hope does play um, a leading part in how you uh, hopefully mm. communicate with with individuals. Um, you know, uh, I'm just going to throw that out there. How do you see sure. hope right now in our current situation, specifically as a leader, and then how you're communicating that with um, the people you come in contact with? Yeah, thanks, uh, Jim. <clears throat> I think I think it's an interesting thing because I, I tend to think of it two ways. I think of it, um, there's, there's hope in front of people and there's hope behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's kind of this visible and invisible sense about what we how we lead with hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think of leadership uh, as, as influence. Um, and so, so that definition, kind of simple uh, definition is a way of saying, I, I know that we have influence with people. And, and so in what way am I influencing them toward hope? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that look like? And, and how do I do that? And then personally, how do I, how do I hold on to hope? Or how do I have hope when uh, and I won't say all of the trite things that could be said about our current yeah. context, <laughs> but, but it's a question of it, it. So it's two things. It's, it's one, how do I hold hope for myself, which is kind of the behind the scene thing. And then how do I lead with hope um, with other people? Yeah. Um, so I, in my thinking, I, I have it in two different ways. Yeah. One of the things um, that I kind of think through uh, when people say hope um, there's this thought of, oh, you're just Pollyannic. You know, you're, you're always optimistic. Hmm. But would you say uh, hope is based in reality, just being able to have a clear view of it and still Absolutely. see the opposite side? And if so, how, how have you seen that? Or how have you put that into practice as you've been working with teams or currently or in the past? Sure. So I think of it as if um, you have a clear sense of what's occurring now mm-hmm. and, and a desire for a future that isn't. And so, so that's hope in my mind. I say, okay, well, this is the way things are now. Well, I want them to be a certain way going forward. My hope is that my actions will lead to what the preferred future is. So I don't think of hope as Pollyannic. I think of it as, as the ability to say, there's something I'm looking forward for in the future. And here's the steps I'm trying to take in order to get there. That when people talk about hope as being you know, kind of pie in the sky or, or whatever. I, I always think like, um, we, we all operate in hope. It's a question of what we put our hope in and, and uh, like, well, there's different layers of hope. It's, it's like, yes. I have big hopes that someday the San Diego chargers would win the Super Bowl, <laughs> and they won't, they just won't. Well, maybe Herbert, uh, Justin Herbert, see, maybe he's going to turn things around. Well, especially but, since they're not in San Diego. I guess it's killing me. I'm going to call them the San Diego Chargers <laughs> games and we'll not call them LA. Good, good, <laughs> good. But anyways. Choke. Oh, so. That would be crazy. So, but, but my point yeah. is, is that, is that we can put our hope it, it because it moves, right? So mm-hmm. I could say, I have hope in, in our country. Well, yes. what do you mean by that? Or yeah. I have hope in that my dinner is better than last night, or I have hope. And, and so, so what, what does it actually mean on what scale are we referring it to? And so I always just think of it as, as a preferred future um, oh, and in a, in a certain direction. So I just say, well, of course I have to have hope if there's, if, if I don't believe in a preferred future, then um, I'm going to have a really hard time leading other people. Yeah. I, that, Oh, that, that was great because I, when you're talking about <clears throat> hope for our country you know i know um hope is always a great catchphrase that people 
especially mm. politicians want to use. Mm-hmm. And I think it's from what I've seen and trying to get a um, concreteness about hope is they always just float it out there. Change in hope, change yeah. in hope. But what is change in hope? I mean, if you're not actually doing it. So how do you go about identifying, you know, like little key pieces, like here are key items or key steps to move down that road of hope. uh, If that makes sense. Like how do you get people to say, how do you, okay, we have a hope now. What's that next step? You know, how are you engaging them? How are you getting them to, you know, actually push a little harder towards that? So it, it depends upon who I'm sitting with. Mm -hmm. Um, so whether it's an individual or teams or, or, or what that is, that, that does change, uh, things. Yeah. I think, I think the first step really is to identify where you're at. So whether that's personal change or organizational change, institutional change or, or whatever, and you say, well, where are we? And, and does that line up with why we say we exist? Um, and oftentimes organizations, for instance, will say, well, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing a pretty good job or, you know, yeah, I mean, we're delivering the service we say we're going to deliver. And then, then the questions that I would ask, and it, it's not because I'm so Socratic, but that I would ask questions and say, you know, things like, well, is this, is this operating as well as, as you would want it to, or as you would hope, quote unquote, and then, and then invite people to tell me what they think might be steps in order to help them get there. <laughs> because I always think like, um, what, what are people currently thinking? Oftentimes people are currently thinking the right things. They, they need maybe a tweak here and there. And so I won't necessarily prescribe something, but I'll walk next to people as they're trying to discover that. And I'll, I'll ask a series of questions um, based on that. But I think, I think that first step is to definitely identify <clears throat> where you're at currently and whether or not you're content with where you're at and then identify what that preferred future might be. And then, you know, in how I operate, then it's a very kind of organic and customized way of saying, what does it look like for you to get to that path? Is that a fair way of answering that? Um, what I think is uh, interesting is that you're talking about prescribing steps. And as a leader, I, sometimes I find that um, um, there, <clears throat> when I watch teams operate, when they're wanting to, you want them to take on hope, then people tell them like, this is how you do it. <laughs> And I'm wondering, does that then cut into their, um, for lack of, since we're talking about hope, cut into their hopefulness because they're not actually participating. They're just doing what you're telling them to. Whereas what you're talking about is like, how do you actually come alongside and go, okay, what are you thinking? Oh, that's a good idea. But have you thought about this and help them along? Yeah. Well, I guess, um, (laughs) I guess one of the questions I would ask is, um, you know, are they currently wanting to have hope? Because if the assumption is you people are hopeless and I want to come alongside and help you become hopeful, um, that's a, you know, telling people what they are lacking um, doesn't always produce the best results. Uh, So, but if, if I were to say, like, I would want somebody to describe me as a hopeful leader, Mm -hmm. then what I think what I would be thinking about is 
is that preferred future? And I would be wanting to make sure that there were, there were really simple steps that contribute to that preferred future, that are signposts and markers, or at least things that point the way to say, you know, guys, here's what we said we were going to be about. Here's what I said I was going to be about. Here are the steps I'm taking in order to ensure that that happens. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, obviously things like resiliency and other things come into play when you're talking about hope, because hope is that there's a sense of, of, of overcoming when you think about hope, because it's not yet, it's, it's coming. Correct. And so I think, I think that ha having leading in hope is the ability to cling to it yourself and then be able to reveal that to those that are you're leading the folks that are around you in such a way that they they then have hope too and they say yeah i can see what you see um it's a, it's just a, a a really critical piece but i think i think in many ways it just comes in in an organic way and then hopeful people are um I think they're magnetic. I, I think you've, you've probably been around people like this, James, where, where, you know, they come straight out of the Saturday Night Live Debbie Downer skit, you know, yeah. and just, I don't, I don't want them in the room. I, you know, I don't want to be around that. I, they're going to kill me. Everything's always, wah, wah, you know, yeah. super sad or what, yeah. you know, and you think that's a difficult place to lead from. Uh, but when, when you inspire hope in people, they, it's a natural organic following that occurs. Yeah. Those are all good. I, what I was kind of thinking through, um, as leaders, you know, you're talking about that. How do you, how do you get them not to be the Debbie Downer or be a part mm. of those Debbie Downers? Mm -hmm. Um, two words kind of <clears throat> connected with me first, that mediocrity, you know, mm -hmm. especially currently, um, I want to talk about two pieces of mediocrity the first part um i had a discussion with a colleague and we we're just talking about how tired we are you know mm -hmm. and we're thinking oh, i'm getting enough sleep i'm getting all this other pieces you know mm -hmm. but emotionally and it, the discussion came about and especially as leaders i think we don't realize this is we've been at for those that are listening in the future <laughs> We're going through a pandemic right now in 2020. Those of you that are currently listening to it, you already know what we're going through. But for a, for nine months, we've been having to be the hope for our teams, mm -hmm. basically, because mm -hmm. it is not to a lot of people, they're not able to. I think some leaders right now are wanting, I don't want to say want, wanting, but are trying or needing that refresh to have mm -hmm. that hope again. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question is, Sometimes I like to sit in mediocrity, <laughs> you know, I don't want, I, I don't have the energy. Yeah. What are things for you that you see as a leader that help you like, okay, how do I now go back to reforming and getting into that preferred future? And, and I don't want to say excitement because it's not about feeling. No, It's about hope is not a feeling. <clears throat> Let me just say hope's not a feeling. Hope is a desire for things to come that preferred future. Mm -hmm. How do you get yourself back up as a leader first? So I want to talk about that a little bit. And then the second part is then how do we help our teams? Because I think if you don't do it as your as a leader, then it's difficult for teams. So just wanted to throw that out. Yeah, I think it starts again with really trying to assess where I'm at. Mm -hmm. um, whether it's whether it's with a team or organization, it's kind of like, well, where am I? And if I recognize that I'm I'm in embracing mediocrity in ways that I'm really uncomfortable with, 
Oh, then I get to ask myself a whole host of questions. Um, are you comfortable there? Uh, do you want to stay there? How does that align with, you know, and I can just ask myself a ton of questions. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I allow the people who've gone before me to speak into my life. So I, the scriptures are helpful for me that way. Um, and and I, I recognize that they've endured different times or different experiences in ways that um, engender hope in me. And so so the scriptures are a source of strength for me that way. Mm -hmm. But I think you can also consider um, if you if you don't um, have something like that to fall back on, you can look at how your life, the trajectory of your life, and you could say, well, how how have I dealt with this previously? Um, was I comfortable with being in, in mediocrity? Um, did I accept that? How do I feel about other people who are, in my opinion, mediocre? Um, and, and so you have, you put two brackets up. One is the bracket, again, the preferred future. Mm -hmm. And, and the other is the, the future you really don't want. And so, so the question I ask myself is if I continue where I'm currently at, what will the result be? And I look at that and I go, well, I really don't want that. Yeah. And then I say, well, if I do these things, what might occur? And I'd say, well, I do want that. And so mm -hmm. I put, I put them both. So some days, James, some days the, <clears throat> I will chase after what I want. And I, and I just think that's the shiny thing. I really want that. And I go after it. And other days I run like crazy from <laughs> the, the thing that, that I really don't want. <laughs> and so, so when it comes to, you know, being spurred on or, or having motivation to, to move from a mediocre space, those two dynamics, what I really want and what I really don't want operate. And I never know which one will, will be the thing to help me get moving. But I ask questions on both sides yeah. so that I can figure out which one will help me. Because mm -hmm. in, in reality, you, you know, if, if I were being chased by a really hungry bear, I, I really don't want to get eaten. I'm going to get out of there. I'm going to do something. I'm going to move, you know. So, yeah, yeah. motivation works uh, in, in both directions. I'd like to, you know, again, as I've said before, and as Bob has even mentioned, you know, coming from a faith-based place where we put our hope is sometimes different than if you don't have that, uh, a faith-based foundation. Um, but then you talked about, you know, going back and reviewing, have you seen Matthew McConaughey's new book, Greenlight, or have you heard anything about this? I haven't. So he just put out a book. It's basically, um, he's been journaling, his whole life, like every day. And it's a story, you know, kind of his story, but what the impact is, is that when he is like, wait a second, why am I not doing the things that I should be like, why am I not motivated? Whatever. Why am I in this? Behavior? He goes back to his journals to when he knew he was, everything was going through and reads it and says, what was I doing during that time that, that now I should be doing now? Um, I've sure. seen him on a couple of interviews. Um, I don't have the, the listeners to get Matthew McConaughey, but you never know, might be able to get, I but I thought that was, when you said that, I thought that was such a good thing. Like how often do we forget? We all, I know I do. So I'm not going to say everybody, but I know I always go look, I always look back and like, Oh, here's all the stupid stuff I've done. You know, right. I know all the, but how often do I go back and go, what was I doing at the height of what I felt 
I was in hope. I knew what that um, mm. preferred future was. What was I doing during things? And even being from faith base, it's like, what was I doing on my spiritual side? Sure. And, and all that yeah. that let that leads me to this place. So I thought that that was really good. Well, and I I recognize like the ancients practiced this kind of behavior, right? So yeah. so particularly, I would I would look back at at the story of Israel, and I would say. You know, those guys, when when something significant happened, they would build an altar, which consisted of piling up a bunch of rocks, right? Yeah. And so so there'd be these rock piles coming every so often. Um, you, you know, you know, I'm originally I'm from Montana and, and there's um, sheep herder monuments yeah. where they would stack rocks up on a on a horizon somewhere and you could see where these sheep herders were and, and it was a way of, of kind of you know locating and and the thing about walking through the land, I mean, this is ancient times, so people walked. Um, if they were really, really wealthy, they had an animal to ride, but they were they were largely walking around and they would see these stone monuments piled up. And and you can imagine, you know, it's, it's the son, you know, walking with the dad or the family, or whatever, and they say, what, what is that pile of rocks? And they'd mm-hmm. say, oh, that's when God did this. Yeah. And then they'd be reminded all of the time. So this this idea of, um, journaling or having visual reminders of times in which, whether you believe that it was God acted on your behalf or that you had a, a sense, a clear sense of, of being like fully alive and like mm-hmm. really in your sweet spot. That's a, that's a really ancient practice. And Correct. I think it's a, it's a healthy practice. Um, yeah. So, so having having cues for me i'm a visual learner so having cues like a visual cue that says hey remember this and you go oh that's right you know um that can also be a, a means to which i kind yeah. of get motivated from yeah i agree with i same with me i we do vastly different devotions but there's one that we we're going through um again don't get paid for it but it's a little plug called first 15 and i think two weeks ago there was a the end of it that I've copied and I have in my notes section on my um, iPad mm-hmm. that every morning I try to read that, mm-hmm. it, you know, again, it's that uh, ancient piece of um, it's called Lecto Divina basically, mm-hmm. but you know, praying through the script, but it's one of those, like I need to get my place right so that when I go out and lead, I'm not leading on, my own strength or, uh, you know, again, if you don't come from faith place, you're not leading on reserve energies. <laughs> you're, you're leading with what you have and what you know, and you'll be able to move forward. And I, I think that's important. So when you have that, then how do you instill that to your teams who might be in that realm of, and you talked a little bit about it, but that realm of mediocrity, and maybe not because they don't want to um, succeed, but outside forces so in org development you you control things but outside forces play to mm-hmm. all these outside forces impacting them what what suggestions would you give to kind of help them help them get their teams since you work with teams to get them to kind of start that slow walk back to where they is because it's it, it does take time it's not going to happen right away sure um well i do believe that um, hope is infectious i believe that it is primarily a relational infection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, I would try to understand if, if the team is currently lacking hope and it comes from, you know, 
well, where are we right now? Are, where are we? How are we feeling? What's going on? You know, taking the temperature of the people, um, really, really critical. There's, there's tools out there. You know, there's, there's engagement reports you can do. There's all sorts of things that you can do that, that'll help you assess your team um, um, and, and say, you know, hey, um, my team is not engaged. And, and, then, and then you press in with folks and you, and you ask the question, like, help me understand what's going on better. Um, what are some things that I can do that'll help you have a little bit of better sense about where we're trying to be and, and what we're trying to be like? So, so again, it's, I think about leadership as, as, as first and foremost, relational. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, positional leadership will get you so far. Um, but, but relational leadership, you know, it's, it's the, uh, it's the African proverb, you know, if you, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go a long distance, you got to travel with people. So you've got to be with people in a way that engenders hope. Yeah. So it's, I, again, it's super organic for me where it's like, if I'm a person of hope, I, I can lead with hope, but I will say this, uh, Jim is that I can't make people hope. Yes. That's and, yeah. And, and what I can do is I can point the way I can embody it. I can talk about it. I can do all those things, but I can't make somebody do that. And so mm -hmm. sometimes, um, you, you know, people lose hope and they opt out. Um, and, and man, I mean, then you got to retrain people and you got to do all this stuff. That's not very fun, but it's like, I, it does happen. Yeah. Um, and I don't know that that's always on the leader. Sometimes it is, yeah, um, correct. but those are, those are challenging, uh, challenging times. I just know that if, if the leaders don't hope, then nobody will. Yes, you're, you're right. Um, kind of, we're kind of coming to the end of our time together. I want, there was an article written by Dr. Kathleen Allen. She's the president of Allen and Associates, but it was on active hope. Um, and she had this quote that I want to read and, kind of finish with this and she says hope provides complete confidence optimism and enthusiasm for the work we're doing hope propels us to push a little harder to keep fighting to persevere through the difficulties hope delivers the belief we need to keep working hope gives focus to the outcomes we desire you know and i thought when i read that i it, what you were saying is as a leader, if we don't have that hope and that, and I think that was a really good summation from a leadership standpoint, that those are the things that should be driving us when we have hope. Mm. Um, and I, I got to imagine uh, when you work with, you know, CEOs or teams, mm -hmm. you know, to get them to, again, believe in that hope again, you know, mm -hmm. must be, uh, I don't want to say difficult, but I, I guess that would probably be the biggest challenge that, you know, for them to overcome. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Cause if, if a leader lacks hope, um, you know, there's, there's so many questions about that. So, so is that, is that behind the curtain or is that in front of their people? Or is it because of factors like you mentioned that they can control or can't control? And mm -hmm. I mean, so, so there's so many factors involved with whether or not they're leading with hope. Um, I, I think one of the things that I would I would hope for, uh, <clears throat> is that people in leadership understand the need to be able to walk alongside people 
in such a way that the people achieve things they didn't know they could achieve, that they mm -hmm. believe in ways they didn't know they could, and that they would, they would themselves become people of hope. And so, so the leader who is hopeless, mm -hmm. I would encourage to um, assess where they're at and to be able to say, okay, what are some of the things that you recognize that have helped you in the past? Um, and are they present? Yeah. And is this a season where, where maybe you don't lead from your strength? Maybe you're going to lead out of hope in a way that that's not in your strength and in your sweet spot. Yeah. So if that's the case, then what are some places you, 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 you can flex into that are, that are going to engender hope and, and yourself and those around you. That's that. That's um, in the words of those for the faith community. That'll preach right there. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I think that's really good um, because we talk about strengths as leaders so often that we forget. You know that sometimes it's in our humility and in our weakness that um, we have to come and lead. And but just to be hopeful and to go for that. I think that's a great way to kind of end uh, our time together i always ask this question i forgot to throw it out to you beforehand so i'm going to catch you on this um what are you reading right now um 13 things mentally strong people don't do what oh, that you're oh i thought you were to say i'm reading 13 <laughs> things I'm like okay just give me a few of them so yeah no, things no. oh that's oh yeah uh super interesting by amy morin okay. um yeah, and um, I'm I'm currently honestly, I guess this is a plug. I'll try not. I'm not that guy really. Um, I'm uh, I'm I'm close to getting done with my rough draft on a book about dignity, and um, fantastic. And so, yeah, yeah, and so so part of my the reason I'm reading that this book is because um, I think resiliency is tied to dignity in really important ways. Mm. And, and so I'm trying to do some research around uh, how, how people think about resiliency and the ability to bounce back. I, mm -hmm. I think that's such a critical, <laughs> I mean, talk about hope. Yeah. Uh, if, 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 if resiliency is not at the base of that, you gotta be able to bounce back kind of thing. So, um, but the tie to dignity for me is, is a really uh, key piece. And so that's, that's what I'm reading right now. Well, great. So we'll um, put that up too for those uh, that want to get a hold of that. We'll put a little link. They want to get that book and everything. So, yeah. hey, Bob, I appreciate you taking your time to be with Super me today. Fun. And um, yeah. we'll have you back on another topic someday. And maybe you'll be my first guest author too. That might be, that might be fun. <laughs> well, technically I am then, I guess. Well, if exactly. I'm the first guest who's written. <laughs> there we go. You're my first. Well, welcome. So December, it took me November 25th, about three years into this, but I finally got an author on here. So no, no, That's but thank hilarious. you for all your, uh, for all your uh, wisdom um, uh, and all that you do. I know you impact, here, I know you impact people's lives. So um, you, again, um, we'll have Bob's stuff up on the website and um, get in touch with him. Um, I know he has a heart for people and a heart for people to grow. So um, if that's what you're looking for in your um, organization, get a hold of him. And uh, again, thank you. And we'll be right back. I want to thank you for joining us at the idea table today. If you like this podcast, please share with a colleague, friend, or someone you know who could benefit from it. Additionally, please leave a comment or contact us at theideatable at gmail.com. 
So what is your preferred future? What is your hope for your team? As a leader, we need to be thinking about these questions and provide the answers along with direction to our teams as we move forward. Quality strategic vision and planning that incorporates hope as a foundational piece leads to the success of any organization. So take some time during this holiday season, this Advent and Christmas season, to think about leading with hope. I invite you to join me again next time, and as always, there'll be a seat for you at the idea table.